Hello, everyone. Welcome to this first episode of Exceeding Expectations. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael Gowan. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about what it is to have a dream, what it is to chase a dream, one that might be new or one that may have slipped through your fingers long ago. So my goal in today's episode is to just simply inspire one person to maybe pick up a dream that they have long since given up on and to go for it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about my experience over the last six to eight months or so in going after my dream and what it looked like and hopefully give some perspective and insight into someone that isn't yourself so that you can realize that, hey, maybe I'm not so different from everyone else. Maybe this is normal feeling of feeling silly, scared, um, absolutely, utterly ridiculous to have this dream and then even more silly or ridiculous to try and go after it. So, um, brief intro to my experience real quick. I, I returned to college wrestling after six and a half years out of it. I had been a Virginia Tech wrestler back in 2012-2013. I had given up on the prospect of even being a college wrestler, which was a dream of mine coming out of high school when I, I didn't perform as well at States as I'd like. I had hoped, you know, I placed in the top four, I finished eighth. I figured there's no way I'll wrestle in college. Well, I ended up wrestling the first two years on the club team at Virginia Tech, which I didn't know they had at the time. And then I, you know, still had that fire to really compete and go after something bigger. And I walked on to the varsity team my junior year. And that was an incredible experience. I learned so much about myself through that. And I'll, I'll never forget what that was like being at a division one level as a guy with only maybe a year and a half coaching under his belt. So I left Virginia Tech. Um, I had got cut my senior year and I just felt like I, I didn't leave the sport of wrestling on my terms. I didn't like that. And it's a silly thing, but, you know, I felt like I had this hole and this kind of fire inside over three years of, you know, postgraduate education, getting my doctorate in physical therapy. I, I just kind of trained like I was a college athlete still. I didn't care. I just felt like I need to be ready to compete. I still want to go back. I had that hunger. But VCU didn't have a wrestling team. So I helped to form a club team over there and got a little bit of practice and competition time in um, sporadically during the last two years in physical therapy school. But nothing nothing formal. No coaching, just kind of on our own, going to random tournaments. And that was fun. But, you know, graduated, got married. That, that feeling never left. Uh, you could ask my wife. I still trained like I was a college athlete. And anytime I'd miss a workout... Uh, more than you know, one or two days in a row, I would be really stressed and upset. It just threw me off. So I was blessed to get introduced to Liberty Wrestling within you know three to four months of graduating and moving to a new town and getting a new job. I was introduced to Liberty Wrestling, and I ended up coaching for two years. And during that time, that fire and passion kind of Reemerged even stronger. I gained more clarity on, man, I really want to go back and wrestle at the college level. But I was so, I guess, filled with, you know, guilt and the feelings of this is ridiculous. I'm married. I have a full time job. 
I haven't wrestled for six and a half years. Who goes back and wrestles or even competes at any kind of college level, you know, at this point in their life with all this going on, especially in wrestling of all sports. And normally NCAA, you wouldn't be allowed to because there's a running time clock. NCWA, uh, which I coincidentally started my college career in, they don't have a running clock of eligibility. So I still have at least one year of eligibility left, maybe two. And I just felt like, well, that's, that's a cool sign. I had kind of joked around over the two years coaching with Coach Castro, who's the head coach over there, about coming back. And, um, you know, that just it never actually happened. It never kind of came to fruition until July of 2019. Some, some doors started to open, one of which was just my heart started to open and I started to realize I'm not happy with where I'm at. I still have this thing kind of eating away at me and I don't know why. Uh, I just, it was a passion, an unending passion that just I couldn't fill no matter what it was with my career and work, with training and working out. I just, it wouldn't leave me alone. And coaching, I was like kind of right there face to face with it every day, working with the athletes at Liberty. And I just, you know, over the summer, it finally just, I kind of hit, hit a breaking point and I had to sit down and talk to my wife about it. And, you know, we had a, a very long heart to heart talk about, you know, me going back and wrestling at Liberty, going back and wrestling in college. So we finished the conversation and I kind of laid out, you know, why I want to do this, what I think, you know, the benefits are going to be. And I have to tell you that that was the most critical part of me being able to actually pursue this dream that I have of, you know, wrestling at the college level, finishing out that last season. And the communication was critical, but it sort of started this snowball effect. It gave me some momentum. I had taken that first step and just like spilled my guts out to my wife, even though I felt a little bit shamed, embarrassed, guilty, whatever you want to call it, um, about coming to her with this request. I'm a grown man. I'm married. I've got responsibilities. And I'm like, hey, I want to go back to college and wrestle. And, uh, you know, I couldn't have done it without her. She was very gracious in listening and supporting me the whole time. And so that snowball started. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to my boss about this. Because, you know, I think that I'm ready to step away from the job altogether. I'll find something else to do. I'll work, you know, I had a PRN job at the hospital I work on weekends. I figured maybe I'll just swing that as much as I can to make this happen. Oh, but I was like, I don't really want to leave my job either. Maybe there's some way I can work part-time. And anybody who works in an outpatient setting as a physical therapist knows that's very unusual to be part-time. Most clinics, you're, you're full-time. But I sat down, I, I laid out, uh, again, had to kind of suck it up and face the the ridiculousness of how I sounded talking to someone else. I, I have this dream, this unfinished business. I need to go back and wrestle in college at 27, 28 years old. I have a full-time job. And it was a little harder talking to my boss about this because of the implications of I'm a full-time employee and you need me, but I don't know that I can stick around because of this, this dream that I have. Um, is there anything you think we can do? 
And, you know, by the grace of working with a wonderful company and having an awesome CEO, he told me, yeah, you know, we got to do this. You got to do this. Let's make this work. Um, and again, just God opening up the doors for me. There actually was a, a clinic that needed a, a ther- therapist to go part-time and help build up the caseload. They were looking at growing this particular clinic. And not only that, it was way closer to where my wife and I lived. And so instead of driving 33 minutes to work every day, it would be about eight minutes. Um, and that is a huge chunk of time that I needed because going back to college wrestling, it was really stressful, you know, signing up to be a student again, going through all those registration steps and um, figuring out what the the best way to pay for college was going to be. And, you know, another door that kind of opened up where I thought was opening up and giving me a sign to say, hey, you need to do this is the day before I talked to my boss, Liberty University and Rehab Associates had agreed on a deal where all employees get 15% off tuition for Liberty Online. I was like, perfect. I'm going to be an online student. I'm going to get the 15% discount. This is going to be great. Um, Just another sign from God that this is it. Well, after I had registered and the things were all in the works, that door shut in my face because to do wrestling, I needed to be a residential student because that I'd be paying for the insurance that was required through club sports and Liberty Online, I wouldn't be. And there was no way I could really swing that. So I was like, okay, I have to be a part-time residential student. Well, part-time residential student was ridiculously expensive at a private college like that. And going full-time would at least make me eligible for scholarships. And it did. And I got scholarships. I was lucky enough to get a Virginia grant. And so, you know, it was still more expensive per semester than my wife and I had initially agreed to and planned on. Um, But we made it work. So I owe her uh, big time for being gracious about that. Now, the other roadblock I was encountering because of this was, well, I was expecting to be a part-time student, and now I'm a full-time student. Um, So the time constraint there was concerning. Going, I was going to be taking six credit hours a semester, and now I'm having to take at least 12. Thankfully, I was able to do the requests to get all online courses, which again, they were seeing me as an incoming freshman because I'm doing an undergraduate program uh, just to be eligible for wrestling. And there was this really, really, really fun online form I had to fill out. Actually, I had to print it out and then scan it and send it back to them so that I could take an online class as a freshman. Now, as you can imagine, I have two degrees. They have my my resume, they have my transcripts from the two courses or two uh, universities I got a degree from. And yet I still need to fill out this form because I'm a freshman and I need to get this form approved to take an online class. So I'm, you know, at this point I'm like, all right, not worth it. I'm done with this dream. I'm not going to wrestle. This isn't worth it. But obviously it was just a, these small moments of stress that made me second guess it. And the snowball had already been rolling. So I overcame and got through the headache that was registering as a student at a new university. And so I was finally, you know, eligible taking classes in August. And that's actually the time I moved to the new clinic where I was part time. So it all worked out. Timing was perfect. 
Um, I believe the first day of classes was the first day I was at the new clinic. I mean, again, it, it just seemed like God had this all laid out perfectly, which just gave me more and more confidence as time went on that, you know, I'm doing the right thing. I don't know why, but, you know, God had pushed me to kind of pursue this passion because for whatever reason, it's it's in the game plan. So, okay, I did it. So I'm not going to actually talk about the specific experience during wrestling season that I had in this episode, but I am going to talk about what led up to the season and kind of what the goals were that I had for the season. So, you know, the dream was just to finish the wrestling season, my last wrestling season, the right way. And, you know, the NCWA, Liberty University, they all kind of presented that opportunity for me to do it. And all the other cards fell into place, you know, two years after being married. So my goals for the season, for this experience, were multifaceted. So one of the biggest goals I had was I wanted to practice intentionality. And I kind of developed that goal in the beginning of this experience, but I think it was probably one of the most important uh, things that I developed during the experience. So I wanted to be more intentional with my relationship with my wife and the time we spend together. I wanted to be more intentional as a wrestler so that it would translate to being a better coach. And so the way I was more intentional with my wife is we planned out our time together. We didn't have as much time together because a typical Monday for me was I go to work in the AM and then right after work, I'm coming home around lunchtime after a six-hour day, letting the dogs out, eating, going to my workout, coming back home around 6.30 at night. And so my wife and I have a small window of time we can actually spend together before she's getting ready for bed. And I'm more of a night owl. I stay up a little later. And so there, there's a small window. And we had to really plan out the, the time we spent together, our, our dates on the weekends, you know, walks with the dogs together. We couldn't just kind of sit in bed or on the couch and just watch Netflix. We learned to be more present with each other. Um, don't get me wrong, there was plenty of stressful times and, you know, we didn't always get along, uh, but we were both stressed. I mean, I'm coming home after a long day. She's not getting to spend as much time with me as she normally does. Um, who could blame her? I'm amazing. Of course, she'd be upset, right? So we we bumped heads some, but Overall, throughout the whole experience, I think we really appreciated the time we had together a lot more because we had to be intentional about it. Now, as a wrestler, I wanted to be more intentional about everything I was doing, from the techniques I was learning to just the way I drilled, the way I practiced. Not just practice to become better, but how am I actually practicing to become better? And so in, in drilling, I wanted to be more mentally online and paying attention to what I'm doing and why I'm doing it as opposed to going through the motions and just relying on the neurological gift of muscle memory to get me through the season. I don't think that that would have helped me at all. So I tried to make it a goal to pay attention to every motion I'm doing every time I'm doing a move, especially during drilling, which is not an easy thing to do. Wrestling is a very taxing sport from a cardiovascular standpoint. So as you can imagine, if you've ever ran yourself till you were gassed, um, it's hard to pay attention to anything when you're just gasping for air. And in wrestling, you find yourself gasping for air a lot. 
So the key to focus on for me was even when I'm tired, I'm paying attention to, to what I'm doing. I'm not just going through the motions. And why was this so important is that I will know as a coach when someone's going through the motions. I'll be able to better catch it and see, hey, you're going through the motions and you need to be more intentional about what you're doing. Since I'm living it, I'm living this experience with that in mind that I'm going to be in the coach's seat in a year from now. I need to be able to know the difference between going through the motions and actually being intentional with every single move that I'm drilling, every second I'm out there. And, you know, I wasn't perfect. There was plenty of times that I was just going through the motions, but I was catching myself more and more as I was doing it and I was trying to fix it and correct it. And I was mentally aware of what I was feeling in that time. So I feel like just that in and of itself is going to make me a, a much better coach now because I'm going to be able to, to spot that in any athlete that I'm working with, going through the motions. You're mentally tuned out. It's not going to, especially in a sport like wrestling, where you see a lot of repetitive movements, so it's really easy for muscle memory to just kind of develop and take over. It'll be really easy or easier for me to spot that in someone else and jump on it and correct it. And that's important because that's how you adapt and learn and break habits. If you're drilling and going through the motions and you're doing something 90% right, but 10% of it is wrong, guess what? You have to relearn 100% of it. You can't just say, well, I'm going to drill 90% of this move correct and then the other 10% I'm going to correct. No, you're doing 10% of it wrong. Guess what? You're starting back from square one. You're going back to the foundation. You have to relearn 100% of that move again and do it as close to 100% right as possible. And there's just a lot of small little minute details that you have to pay attention to. But that's probably the same for any sport. So that was another goal I had of being intentional with wrestling. So being intentional with my wife, being intentional with wrestling itself, with the final goal of being coming out of this a better wrestling coach. Now those are more abstract goals. I also had a little bit more concrete goals as well. The specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound goals. SMART is the acronym. And one of them being I wanted to be a national champion. I wanted to be an All-American. That was a important goal that I had, but it wasn't the goal. So I wasn't going to let how I finished the season define the experience for me. And I, I was very, very intentional about that. At the beginning of the year, I told Coach Castro that. I was like, I want to get a lot out of the season. I want to be a better husband, a better coach, a better wrestler, a better Christian. And yes, I want to be an All-American. I want to be a national champion. But I am not going to let that define my season. I'm not going to let that be the focal point or the centerpiece of my season because in wrestling, anything can happen. And to let this whole journey or process be ruined, if I don't necessarily finish on top of the podium at the end of the year, it would be a wasted experience because that's not why I'm doing this. My, my dream was to finish the last season of my wrestling career the right way. And what I mean by that is... I wanted to make sure that I just felt like I'm going out on my own terms and I'm leaving everything out there, leaving everything out on the mat. I'm not having any regrets. And of course, being an awesome coach, Coach Castro was absolutely, totally in support of that. He encouraged that mindset. And throughout the year, he helped to remind me of that. So um, the wins and the losses weren't what were going to define the season. 
It was the fact that I was having the season. Uh, that's what that's what mattered. So that is kind of the the brief background of what led up to me actually going after this dream of mine and what was going through my head and what I did and sort of the steps I took to get this thing going. So that's just kind of my experience, but I want to make sure that it's absolutely crystal clear that I get this point across. It's not enough to dream, but you have to be willing to commit the time, the investment, and the sacrifice to make a dream a reality. You can't just dream. And my hope is that listening to my story, you'll gain a little bit more clarity or insight on what is needed to actually go after your own dream, whether it's related to business, your career, uh, athletics like mine was. Again, this podcast is going to focus more on you know the athletic fitness realm of things because that's where my passion is. But I think a lot of what I'm going to talk about throughout these episodes is absolutely pertainable to business-related dreams and goals as well because I certainly have had business-related goals myself. And I feel like going through this process of chasing this dream of returning to college wrestling is actually going to very much help me in the future with chasing more career and business-based dreams of mine. So ask yourself, what dream or dreams have you given up on lately? And why have you given up on them? Because I'll tell you this, there is always more reasons to give up on a dream than there is to chase it. There's usually a million reasons to not go after a dream. Uh, What makes a dream worth pursuing is finding those reasons to go after it and using all the reasons not to go after it as stepping stones to get up to the summit. So you got to ask yourself, are all these reasons to not pursue my dream or my endeavor too great for me to be willing to overcome? Because if that's the case, then you probably need to start coming to the terms that this is always going to be a dream or a hope or a wish and maybe just not something that you are willing to commit the time or energy into chasing headfirst. I'm not saying all this to be discouraging, but rather to bring clarity to how you need to redirect your mindset and your energy in regards to determining, am I wasting my time and energy on this endeavor? Or is this something that I want so bad that those thousands of reasons to not go after it pale in comparison to the few reasons there maybe are to actually chase after this dream of mine? So my advice would be sit down and take maybe the four or five of the biggest reasons or obstacles you have to not go after your current endeavor or dream and look at each one individually and see, you know, kind of in like a perfect scenario, what could I do to eliminate each obstacle individually? So let's look at childcare, for example. That's a big one. Maybe you need to look into getting a babysitter or better organizing your schedule so that the time you have isn't going to conflict with time that you need to be watching, you know, small children. Whether that's waking up earlier in the morning when they're asleep to commit to whatever it is you have to do, finding childcare, working out time where your spouse can help you out. You definitely have to probably be creative when it comes to that. Everybody uh, has a different situation. Now, another common constraint I'm sure a lot of people have towards pursuing certain endeavors they may have would be a financial constraint. You just don't have the money or financial flexibility at the time. 
Now, I can guarantee you that most of us can probably find unnecessary expenses in our monthly budgets that we're able to tweak to save some money. How much are you spending on that Pandora Premium account every month? How about the Amazon Music that you maybe listen to two songs a week on? How about going out to eat? How much are you going out to eat every month? How much unnecessary stuff are you buying on Amazon each month? So adjusting a lot of these small things in your monthly budget may actually help open up some of your financial flexibility. Now, if your dream requires a large amount of capital to get started, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but this can kind of be the litmus test for whether this dream or endeavor you're pursuing is worth it. Are you willing to take the time to sit down and look at these four or five obstacles that maybe are standing in your way and breaking each one of them down into individual scenarios where you figure out what do I need to do to eliminate this roadblock or overcome it. And at this point in the process, this is where you can start writing down small goals that you can be achieving on your way to pursuing this endeavor. Now, you're not willing to take the time to do this, then that makes everything really, really easy because then, hey, you know you can drop this dream or endeavor like a bad habit because it's not worth your time. It's just a distraction for you. That makes it really easy for you to move on and focus on other things that are probably more important in your life. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's the whole purpose of the litmus test is to figure out, is this even worth pursuing? Am I willing to sit down and put some time in on the front end to, to figure this thing out? So let me just wrap this up by saying this. We should each have a dream or an endeavor that we are passionate about and willing to go after because that gives your life purpose it gives you something to work towards so if you're able to say to yourself right now i don't have any dreams i don't have anything i'm really passionate about then you need to take a big step back look at your current lifestyle and start taking care of yourself taking care of your mental emotional spiritual health because i strongly strongly believe not having a sense of purpose in life is the first step towards falling into a depression. And if you're not taking the time to figure out where your purpose is in life, and you're not going to do that sitting on Netflix for two hours every night, if you're not taking an active role in finding your, your purpose and your passion, then you're going to have this hole inside you and it's only going to get worse. Now, motivation doesn't just fall into your lap. It's not a passive process. It's an active process. And sure, you can find inspiration from outside sources. That's kind of like the spark to a fire. But to find continual motivation requires that you foster the ember and help build it into a flame. And you'll only be able to do this through intentionally taking time to spend on yourself. Spending time on your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. And one of the biggest barriers I find for people to actually do this is they care too much about what others think about them. That's where they're spending the mental energy. So if that is you and you can break that chain, find a way to stop caring, you will find so much more freedom and you will be able to freely focus more on yourself and not the outside world and how they're perceiving you. You can focus on how you perceive yourself and find self-happiness with the person you're looking at in the mirror. Finding 
self-fulfillment in pursuing the things that you want to do as opposed to pursuing the things that you think the world expects of you, and that should be absolutely irrelevant. So what do you expect of yourself? That is what matters. So please take to heart what I'm saying, and if you feel like you don't know what your purpose is, you need to take an active role to go out and find it. Find your purpose. Get off the Netflix. Get off social media where you're focusing on everyone else's life and start focusing on your own life, your own expectations of yourself. And if you already have your purpose, then great. Go out and exceed expectations. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into that first episode of Exceeding Expectations. In the next episode, I'll be diving into my actual experiences during the wrestling season and giving you a little bit of a look into what that experience was like for me. And then I'm going to break down the keys of perseverance and self-discipline in pursuit of any goal, dream, or endeavor, and how you can better utilize those for yourself to help you stay on track. So thank you again for tuning in, and if you have any questions for me, feel free to email me. My email is michaelgowandpt at gmail.com. Thank you and take care.